Joshua chapter 15. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we, through these chapters that we will be in today, would understand the fullness of the promise and the promises that you have for us. And Lord, that our hearts would be warned, Lord, about uh, not holding back and refusing to be like Caleb, that one who wholeheartedly followed you and embrace and possess everything that you had for him. And, and Lord, I uh, so much here for us to, to learn, Lord, about holding back and the consequences of it. I, I, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, bring us to that place, Lord, where we, uh, we not only know the word of God, we're doing it zealously, vigilantly, and... Uh, cheerfully, joyfully, Lord, as a sweet aroma and sacrifice to you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So Joshua chapter 15, the uh, general conquest of the promised land is now completed. And so now the allotments to the various tribes are being given out. Now, when I say the general conquest, I mean that the land at this point had rested from war in the sense that there were no longer uh, enemies coming out to meet them. Uh, this does not mean that uh, there were not uh, pockets throughout the land of Israel which needed to be uh, really attacked and possessed and so uh, uh, there were many populations of, uh, of Canaanites uh, and, and others who uh, were still in the land in places where the uh, army of Israel had not yet uh, been to uh, but in terms of the general conquest of the land, it has been completed at this point. And so the allotments are, are, are being carried out. Chapter 15, verse 1 says, So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. And so uh, the... Uh, the ensuing verses are, are a description. We're not going to go through every verse of, uh, however, the ensuing verses are a description of just the borders um, of the allotment uh, to Judah. Now, uh, important here that in verse 13, uh, it says, now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Now, uh, remember, Caleb was... Uh, not an Israelite, he was a Kenizzite, but he had become attached to the tribe of Judah. And so re he represented uh, them. It says in verse 13 that uh, Joshua gave Caleb a share among the children of Judah, uh, according to the commandment of the Lord, to Joshua 
uh, namely Kirjash Arba, which is Hebron. So uh, we spent quite a bit of time last time uh, speaking about uh, Caleb. So much to learn from uh, chapter 14 about this man who um, wholeheartedly uh, followed the Lord. Uh, and uh, he not only wholeheartedly followed the Lord, he didn't stop following the Lord. He, uh, in uh, verse 10 of chapter 14, uh, Caleb himself says, here I am this day, 85 years um, uh, old as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then. Uh, so now is my strength for war, both for uh, uh, going out and coming in. Now, therefore, Joshua, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke to me in that day. And he goes on to say, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. So uh, even at 85 years old, he recognizes that he needs to continue uh, serving the Lord uh, and and being a soldier, uh, there's no rest until we die, folks, or Jesus comes home. Even if we're uh, caught under a sickbed, we should be praying, laboring in prayer uh, to the extent uh, to uh, of the grace that God provides us. Um, but... Um, we don't see the so so Joshua in chapter fourteen gives him the mountain uh, that he requests and blesses him, but we don't see the Joshua ch- uh, chapter fifteen verse thirteen and uh, and beyond that he he completes it. He's he's not only given the promise, he embraces the promise. He he possesses. He does what is necessary to embrace the promise of God. Verse 14 of chapter 15 says, Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, uh, Sheshai, Ahamam, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Now remember, these are giants, and uh, he does not shrink back. Uh, he uh, does not say, well, you know, um, these are giants, so I have an excuse. Not everyone... Not everyone has to deal with a, a, a giant, and uh, no wonder these other people are embraces in their promises. They don't have giants in their life. No, none of that. He, he goes up by faith, and he conquers uh, uh, the land, which uh, included which included uh, giants. Verse 16 says, And Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjith Shefer and takes it to him i will give aksha my daughter as wife so othniel the son of kenaz the brother of caleb took it and he gave him aksha his daughter as wife now it was so when she came to him that she uh, persuaded him to ask her father for a field (coughs) excuse me um, so she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you want? What do you wish? And she answered, Give me a blessing, since you have given me a land, given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. And so, um, uh, she uh, requests uh, 
she she requests uh, really a special blessing here, and uh, she doesn't hold back. You know, I I, I read a verse um, like that, and it it does remind me of the book of uh, Hebrews, where. Um, where it says in verse 16 of Hebrews, let us therefore uh, come boldly to the uh, throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's chapter 4, verse 16. And uh, and uh, we need to understand that God is our Father. If we've been born again, He's our Father. And there's nothing wrong with uh, coming in uh, to, the, to the throne of grace and speaking to our Father. Uh, here as as uh, she spoke to her father this 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 girl Aksha her father Caleb and um, and simply requesting a blessing that the Lord has put a, put on our heart uh, we can't have a false sense of spirituality uh, which sometimes we fall victim to that oh you know I would never want to impose upon God for this blessing. You know, I, I get it. We're surrounded in, in many places by the me first uh, gospel where it's all about us getting a blessing. But <clears throat> we don't want to uh, hyper react to that. We don't want to overreact. We don't want to overcorrect <coughs> and, and, um, and not go into the, into the Lord uh, and, and ask for blessing. And so... Uh, she doesn't, and she comes in here, and she she gets what she uh, requests. Now, uh, some of you may recognize that name, Othniel, from verse 17. Uh, uh, Caleb, um, you know, men, he says in verse 16, whoever attacks Kirjath Sefer, and that's just a, a portion of, of the inheritance that he got, I will give Aksha, my daughter, and Othniel, his brother, steps up to the plate and uh, and does it. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, um, we remember from the, um, some of you remember from the, the book of Judges. Uh, I, I believe he's, Judges chapter 3, he's one of the first judges, if not the first judge to be mentioned um, in the book of Judges as a judge who... Uh, is is raised up by the Lord to deliver the children of Israel uh, because the children of Israel had uh, fallen into sin and as a result had uh, God had given o- over to uh, a number of the folks who lumbered uh, the of the people people groups who the Lord had told them to drive out of the land but they had not. And uh, so eventually they're enslaved to them. That's how sin works. And uh, but Othniel uh, was raised up to uh, to to deliver the rest of the children of Israel. And isn't it the case uh, that often this is so? That that um, and this will be the case is if you're a servant of the Lord who gives yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord that that um, others around you. Uh, didn't necessarily do what you did. You followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So uh, you have to pay the cost of, of their mistake, even though you didn't make the mistake yourself. And uh, if 
you start giving it a self-pity like, oh, why should I do this? It's their mistake. Let them pay for it. Uh, might I recommend to you that you just pause and think of the cross where uh, that's exactly what happened with you and Jesus, where um, you uh, did not do what you were instructed uh, to do, and uh, he paid the cost for it. So we need to zip up our mouths uh, when we've been blessed for wholeheartedly following the Lord and remember the ministry of Jesus, which is to uh, a ministry of mercy and, and going out um, f f uh, to others who, who may have uh, uh, not made choices consistent with the word of God like we have made, like we did it in our faithfulness. And so uh, this guy, Othniel, uh, was an example of Christ before, uh, of course, a uh, here, fifteen hundred years before uh, Jesus even comes on the scene, he's a a, a foreshadowing of what it means to uh, walk in a Christ-like way. Uh, there in the book of Judges, chapter three. But uh, meanwhile, um, back in Joshua chapter fifteen, the allotment uh, continues uh, in Joshua chapter fifteen. Uh, in verse twenty-one, uh, the children of Judah are. Uh, are are given uh, the limits um, or the southern borders and the cities on the southern borders and those cities are listed from verses 21 to uh, 20 uh, 32 and in verse 33 they're given the cities of the uh, in the lowland uh, that is verses uh, rather 33 uh, through 47 and then uh, in verse 48 uh, through 60, uh, a list of the cities in the, uh, in the mountain areas. And uh, then also in uh, verse, uh, verses 61 and 62, uh, you have uh, cities in the wilderness that are listed for uh, the children of Judah, for the uh, tribe of Judah. So, <coughs> continuing on in verse uh, 63, excuse me, you may be hearing a little coughing from uh, me today. Uh, it uh, says in verse 63, as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Israel could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Israel, children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. So not everyone who was part of the uh, of the uh, tribe of Judah was like Caleb, who went in and took his portion. There were others within the tribe of Judah who, it says, could not drive them out. <coughs> and please note that that's not because. Um, uh, that's not be that wasn't God's fault. Uh, we know uh, just from the Word of God that it's uh, very clear that God had promised them these places, and that that if they were willing to fully devote themselves to the Lord and pursue these areas with. Uh, like Caleb wholeheartedly, like Caleb did, 
that they these areas were there, theirs to possess. I think of Deuteronomy chapter 20, Moses to the children of Israel says this in verse 1, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it had been promised to them again chapter 31 verse 6 be strong and good of good courage do not fear nor be afraid of them for the lord your god he is the one who goes with you he will not leave you nor forsake you and of course uh, joshua chapter 1 verse 11 where um, joshua had commanded the people prepare provisions for yourself for within three days you will cross over the land to go in and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So by the promise of God, uh, they uh, the land was theirs. But it says they could not drive them out. Now, we'll get to verse 10 of chapter 16, which says of others um, that the, the Ephraimites, that they did not drive out. Now, that's a different thing, and we'll get to that later. There was a choice to not even try. <coughs> in this case, in chapter 63, it says they could not. And so, uh, let me just develop that um, um, uh, a little bit here. When uh, all this is a picture of the, of the Christian life, of course, and uh, it says that we, we are promised uh, in the Word of God that we can be, uh, in the New Testament, that we can be freed from the power of sin. That's one of the things that Jesus purchased uh, for us on the, on the cross. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, We know this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. And again, in Romans chapter 6, verse 20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Verse 22, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have fruits to holiness uh, and the end everlasting life oops i skipped over verse 18 of romans 6 which says having been set free from sin however um there are uh, those uh in the body of christ they come into the body of christ and and um again they make excuses like caleb did not make such as oh i have giants in my life that other people don't uh don't uh don't have and therefore i i you know i've given up on on trying to conquer the the giants uh, maybe it's someone who is molested or maybe it's someone who had a very difficult childhood or someone who um has some uh, psychological uh, diagnosis or, or pathology which they just convince themselves prevents them from possessing these promises in Romans chapter 6 regarding sin and uh, 
the issue always is is with those kind of situations is that it's not that God hasn't provided them the resources to overcome sin. Jesus clearly has done that by the cross, and we also possess the Holy Spirit. We've been told in Second Peter uh, chapter one verse three that by His divine power. He has given us all things that we need for life and godliness. That it, it's it's because um, of our own sin nature, just giving up. Uh, you know, it it it. Jesus uh, says that um, if your right eye, Matthew chapter five verse twenty nine, causes you to sin, pluck it out. And cast it from you, and and he says, if your verse thirty, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, and cast it from you. Now this this is not literally asking us to pluck out a right eye or a right hand, because of course, you know, sin, uh, for example, sexual lust, uh, we can still do it in our mind, even if we pluck out our eyes and our hands this is referring to just the need to be relentless with sin and uh, too many in the body of Christ they just don't want to go there uh, they they don't want to go there and they refuse to lay hold um, of the promises of God don't let that be you it says in verse 63 of Joshua chapter 15 the Jebusites it says the children of Judah could not drive him out. That was not uh, uh, God's fault. God had promised them the land. God had even more so given them the land. They just refused uh, to do it uh, because, well, they thought it was too hard to do. And really it involves a divided heart. They had a divided heart. They refused to, like uh, Caleb, resolve, no, I am going to uh, possess the promises of God, like Caleb, with a wholehearted heart, <laughs> if that's an expression. It's interesting, that story about Caleb uh, jo uh, in Joshua 14, happens in the middle of the distribution uh, of allotments to the tribes. And it's almost as if the Lord stuck it there in the middle in a kind of a strange place in order to remind everyone, uh, look, you can do it. If, if you want, God's given you the grace to do it. So don't blame me if you don't. It's your fault if you don't, is, is the idea. So. Chapter 16, moving on, uh, says uh, this. It says that um, but you know, before I go on uh, to chapter 16, I it's uh, it, it's worthy of note that later on in the book of Judges, some of these um, peoples that the tribes refuse to uh, refuse to um, to push out to conquer uh, 
and obey the Lord uh, to, uh, in, you know, in some cases, just go in and, and, and just wipe them out just because of the depth and the gravity of their sin. Some of these people th th would go on uh, and enslave. Uh, later on, you'll see this in the book of Judges. And so, for example, the Canaanites um, at a later time who the... Uh, children of Israel refused to drive out. In the book of Judges, you'll see the uh, the tables turn and it's the Canaanites ruling over the Israelites. And, and, and again, same thing. Uh, sin um, <clears throat> is ruthless. Um, it, it doesn't just, uh, it's, not, it's not satisfied really until it uh, seeks full control over your life. It, 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 you can't, well, you, you can't compartmentalize your life and say, well, I'm just going to give, uh, you know, this small area of my life over to this to sin. No, sin will never be satisfied until it rules over you completely. Uh, there's this uh, well-known expression, I believe it's attributed to Rabbi Zacharias, which says sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And uh, that is true. And so uh, eventually we will see these very, some of these very uh, nations that the children of Israel uh, refused to drive out and decided instead, instead to let them dwell alongside of them. They're going to come back and eventually they're going to rule them completely, uh, requiring someone like uh, Othniel uh, to... Uh, to, to rise up and be a judge. In fact, right before you, uh, uh, the Lord raises up uh, Othniel as a judge in Judges chapter 3, uh, you see these verses, verses 5 through 8 of Judges chapter 3, says the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, in other words, those people groups that they were supposed to drive out. And then ominously, it says in verse 6, and they took their daughters to be their wives and their daughters to their sons and served their gods. You see, eventually they, 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 um, allowed themselves to, to be taken down by these people. And, and I'm sure when they made the initial decision to allow these people to dwell alongside of them, I, <clears throat> I'm sure that they weren't thinking, oh, um, eventually we're going to be in, we're going to go in, into big time sin as a result of these people. No, I'm sure they had uh, convinced themselves that that would never happen. That is how the deceitfulness of sin is. And um, so uh, eventually in verse 8 of Ch Judges chapter 3, it says that God sold them into uh, the hands of, uh, of one of the, the rulers in the area. And so it's the interesting thing about Judges chapter 3 is it's when it's referring, it, it's talking about the children um, of those who had... Uh, it's talking specifically there about uh, the, the the children uh, going into sin and the uh, the children taking the daughters of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, uh, 
uh, to be their wives. And, and that's an important lesson there that you uh, may be able to, uh, for a while, withstand uh, living with Canaanites because of your history with God. Uh, in other words, living with certain things, maybe in your house, certain entertainment or, 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 or whatever. But, um, you know, so oftentimes what happens is that the children become the victims. And, and that's what happens in Judges chapter 3, that by that time, uh, most of Joshua's generation had passed away. And it was the children of whom it is said that they took the daughters of the Canaanites to be uh, to be their wives and gave their daughters to their sons and served their gods. And so uh, don't assume that just because you somehow managed to coexist with your, um, your pet little sin area in your life that, um, number one, that that's not going to take over you completely, but number two, even if it doesn't, that your children will be able to survive. Don't be deceived. Um, and and think that you are smarter than God, which happens in chapter 16 with uh, the Ephraimites. It says uh, in chapter 16 is about the um, allotment to uh, the Ephraimites. It says, verse 1, the lot fell to the children of Joseph. And so um, it speaks of the boundaries of, uh, in the borders of the children of Ephraim, verse 5. And it says in verse 10, it says that the Ephraimites did not. So unlike ch- chapter 15, verse 63, which said uh, the children, certain, uh, certain children of Judah could not drive out the Jebusites, here it says the Ephraimites did not. Uh, drive out the Canaanites who dwell in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day, verse 10 continues, and have become forced laborers. So uh, that's interesting. Um, It appears they didn't even try. In other words, in verse 63 of chapter 15, the children of Judah uh, tried but could not. In other words, they weren't as vigilant and relentless with uh, the Jebusites as they should have been. They refused to uh, to cut off the hand, so to speak, as Jesus refers to. In verse 10 of chapter 16, it says that Ephraimites didn't. And they made a choice not even to try. And it appears that the reason was is because um, they needed forced laborers. It, uh, it says that they um, made them become forced laborers. And, you know, here's an example of, uh, uh, and this is so often a problem in our lives, where we just think we're smarter than God. Well, you know, I, 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 I know that the Lord, um, you know, told me about this particular area, but, you know, I think it can be, uh, I, I, can, I think I can, uh, it, it's, it's useful uh, for for some purposes, and so they think they're they think they're smarter than God, and um, it says they just chose chose not to. I, you know, one area where I think this may applies is, is is Christian fellowship. You know, there's a certain type of person who just thinks, well, you know, if I get into the Word of God and I pray and um, I attend church, I'll be okay. I don't need to go to midweek service or a midweek home fellowship or 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 pray regularly with someone I'll I'll be okay even though 
the Bible says that we, uh, Hebrews 3.13, as long as it's called today, meaning every day, uh, we need to uh, try to be in some kind of fellowship. And and it's just, again, it's another example of, of someone who just thinks they're smarter than God. Well, I'm I'm smart, you know, I'm, they, they either think they're smarter than God or they think they're smarter than other Christians. Well, you know, I, I, I see these other Christians, but, you know, they got issues and I don't. I, I can handle uh, the no fellowship thing or I can handle the no being in the Word of God thing or whatever. <coughs> Let us not think we're smarter than God. He's been clear about what's needed in our lives and what's not good for our lives. And let's, um, let's not think we're smarter or stronger than other Christians. Uh, chapter 17 says there was a lot um, for the tribe of Manasseh. So that's um, the other a child of Joseph. Remember, uh, Joseph's inheritance um, way back at the end of Genesis was was actually divided up into two of his sons. And so they became separate t- uh, tribes, Ephraim uh, and uh, Manasseh there. So uh, chapter 17 is about the allotment uh, to the uh, children of uh, Manasseh. Verse 12 says, Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land and uh and so uh, that you know sins like that <laughs> sin uh is and 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 the devil's like that there is a determination of your flesh uh there is a determination of the enemy of your of your soul which you simply have to vanquish you have to overcome uh, the Bible says that anyone who is Christ has crucified the flesh. It hurts. Crucifying the flesh is is very uh, painful. But when 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 the flesh is determined, as it is, it needs to be crucified. And so, um, it says uh, here uh, of the uh, children of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh. It continues in verse 14. These are some interesting verses here. Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? Now that is, that takes some chutzpah, doesn't it? Uh, they have refused uh, to drive out uh, the people in certain areas and so instead of doing what they need to do wholeheartedly like Caleb possessing what uh, has been promised to them given to them really by the Lord they 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 want the easy route out just uh, you know give us more land and uh, you know I I see this from 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 time to time I I see I, I see this by the way with sometimes with very gifted people um, I know that one one person, not in our church, who uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to help out now uh, was uh, an incredibly gifted musician in the world, actually uh, became very well known uh, in, in the world and is currently very well known in the world. And he's in church and he he's kind of just moping around waiting for a leadership position and he's, he, he, he's, he's refusing basically to do... Uh, what's necessary to get into leadership, which means 
cleaning latrines, which means uh, foot washing people, which means uh, humbling himself and doing whatever is necessary. Uh, it, what it is is he he just wants a shortcut. Uh, he knows that he uh, it says uh, it, it it actually says here it says since we are a great people verse fourteen there's a recognition that there's real giftings in this guy's life um, great giftings and somehow because of that he wants a shortcut it doesn't work like that. Uh, there are no shortcuts and and uh, to greatness uh, no shortcut cut no shortcuts to to being used greatly by the lord we need to be humble we need to be tested we need to uh, uh, wait on the lord as appropriate and and uh, put our hands to the plow and be faithful in the meantime uh, joshua answers them quite graciously don't know if i'd be able to answer them this graciously he says, verse uh, 15, so uh, Joshua answered them. He says, if you are a great people, I like that, if. You say you're a great people, verse 14. Well, if you are, then go up to the fourth country and clear um, a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants. That's probably not what they were wanting to hear. Uh, they, they just want the, a shortcut. And he, and, and he defines greatness here as, listen, greatness is, is doing the heavy lifting. You go up and you defeat those giants like um, your, your, your brother from the, uh, who's part of the tribe of, of Judah, Caleb did, just wholeheartedly following the Lord. Uh, he says, since the mountains of Ephraim are to confined uh, for you, verse 16, the, uh, the children of Ju uh, jo Joseph said, the mountain country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the, uh, of the valley have chariots of iron, uh, both those who are uh, of Beth Sheen and its towns, and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And so they're complaining here. Uh, they knew the uh, the word of God. Uh, I've already quoted it uh, today, Je Deuteronomy 20. Uh, Moses said to the children of Israel, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. And here, um, <coughs> they're behaving like uh, cowards. And they're saying, look, you know, they have chariots, I don't know. Whether we can, um, uh, whether we can uh, deal with them, but but um, verse seventeen and and man is this a, a lesson in biblical leadership, and oh how valuable it is to have leadership around you or in your church, who are like Joshua here who don't shrink back from from uh, from sheep and and from people who struggle with cowardice he says to them in verse 17 joshua spoke to the house of joseph to ephraim you are a great people and have great power you shall not uh, have only one lot but the mountain country shall be yours although it is wooded you shall cut it down and its farther extent shall be yours for you shall drive out the iron the the canaanites though they have iron chariots and are strong and so um he he, he doesn't cave here uh, joshua doesn't cave he gives 
uh, a, a word of exhortation, so needed, by the way, in the body of Christ. This listed exhortation is uh, as a gift in First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve as a spiritual gift. You know, um, the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter five, warn the unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak. Uh, sometimes, you know, when people get uh, faint-hearted like this, it's important just to come in with a word of exhortation like this. He says, listen, I know you, there's chariots there. I know you see chariots, and, and I know that's intimidating. But God's given you this land. Now you go do it. And so that's what he did. Great lesson in... Uh, Great lesson there in in biblical leadership. Let's go to uh, chapter 18. It says, Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. Now, interesting, of course, in the wilderness, the tabernacle had gone from place to place to place to place. They had built it in such a way that they could break it down and set it up and transport it. Uh, but now they possess the land, and Shiloh is the temporary residence. And this is Samuel's going to appear here. Eli, the high priest, uh, will see uh, Shiloh. Shiloh will be the uh, the place where uh, he is high priest. Um, and uh, the tabernacle is given a more permanent dwelling. Of course, eventually it will get to uh, Jerusalem, um, and then eventually there will be a temple to replace it. But um, um, it's placed in Shiloh, uh, verse, four, uh, verse 2, chapter 18, says this, But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received the inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect... And that can also be translated as sink or weaken. In other words, shrinking back. I think of the end of Hebrews chapter 10, where we're told to have faith and not to shrink back. How long will you neglect or shrink back um, from going in and possessing the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? Pick out from among the three men for each tribe, and I will send them. They shall rise and go through the land, survey it according to the inheritance, and come back to me. And so uh, that's another example here of leadership. When people are shrinking back, even though it's difficult many times to... But for leaders, I mean, I'm exhorted in my own heart as I'm as I'm reading and, and teaching this right now. It's, you know, sometimes it gets really old exhorting people and 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 seeing people shrink back. Leaders, you need to if you're a leader listening here, and and by the way, if you're a Christian, you're a leader in that you're in some capacity in your own areas of influence, every single one of you. But but when you see people shrinking back, do not um, yourself shrink back from going in and exhorting. And so uh, that is what uh, Joshua does. He tells them to go survey the land, reminds them in verse 7, but if the Levites, this is not you, the Lord is your, uh, your portion. So they go out and they uh, survey the land. And so in verse 11, 
says now the lot of the tribe of the children of Bez, uh, Benjamin came up and so uh, their borders are listed um, out uh, there uh, in the remainder of the chapter uh, in chapter 19 it's verse 1 says the second lot came out for Simeon for the children of the uh, of Simeon according to their family and the uh, the borders are listed out there. Now, really interestingly, verse 9, it says the inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah. What does that mean? Well, uh, it literally means that if you look at one of those Bible maps of the these allotments, you will see a little circle right sort of landlocked right in the middle of the children of Judah uh, and um, eventually this uh, the the portion given to Simeon is sort of uh, subsumed into the allotment uh, that was given to the children of Judah and uh, it is consistent with the prophecy given in chapter 49 of Genesis that Jacob gives uh, to Simeon uh, that um, that they will be scattered in Israel uh, meaning uh, they they will be really assimilated scattered and, and, and assimilated uh, uh, into uh, the, into the other tribes. And so uh, that is what happens with the tribe of Simeon. In chapter 19, verse 10, it says, the third lot came out um, for the children of Zebulun. And then in the ensuing verses, it uh, speaks of those borders. Interestingly enough, chapter 15 mentions a Bethlehem. There is a Bethlehem in the portion of uh, given to Zebulun, but it's not the same Bethlehem uh, that Jesus was born in, and that's why uh, in Micah is that chapter five, where it predicts the uh, birthplace of the Messiah. It says Bethlehem Apaphra, which was uh, the Bethlehem in Judah. Verse seventeen: The fourth lot came out to Isaacer. Uh, for the children of Isaacer, according to their families, and then the ensuing verses. Uh, speak of those borders chapter uh, rather uh, verse 24 the fifth lot came out of the tribe uh, of the children of Asher verse 32 the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali verse 40 the seventh lot came out for the tribe of Dan and so uh, after Dan uh, that was uh, there had been seven uh, seven lots left and that had not received yet seven tribes yet that had not received their allotment so with the tribe of dan the allotment is uh, is completed interesting verse 49 says when they made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders the children of israel gave an inheritance among them to the to joshua the son of nun now he is an ephraimite uh, but they're giving him a portion here. And, uh, you know, I um, I look at this and I'm thinking, this is real leadership. I mean, this is leadership Jesus style. 
uh, he's waiting until the very end. He's waiting till everybody else gets their allotment, and then he takes um, he takes a portion of what had not been uh, given out. Hey, if you're listening and you're 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 a pastor or a preacher and you at that. Um, at that church barbecue when the fried chicken is being handed out preacher uh, you need to let everyone else get their portion um, and uh, then you can have the uh, you can have the remaining pieces if in fact there are any at all <laughs> uh, this this is real leadership and you know we're not supposed to look I, I, I don't want to point fingers and, and, and this type of thing but we're not necessarily as as leaders supposed to get the the best, uh, you know. I it, it always troubles me a little seeing those parking spaces um, at the very front of the church allotted to the pastor and and uh, just priority given um, with respect to uh, different things around the church. And you know, I get it. The pastor, I don't know, he may be coming to church late and he needs to run in and preach his sermon, so he needs a he needs a parking space closer to the church. Listen, I, I, I just I, I, I feel like um, we need to take some lessons here. Not not that stuff. Not like that stuff is never wrong. There's grace. There's uh, I don't want to be legalistic, but um, we can take uh, some cues from from Joshua here, who actually waits to the end. Uh, he doesn't get the. He doesn't step up at the beginning and say, hey, I led you all. Um, I want the best of the best. No, he doesn't do that. He waits to the end. Verse 14, according to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for. Timnath, Sarah, in the mountains of Ephraim, and he built the city and he dwelt in it. These were the inheritance Aaronses, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the uh, fathers of the children of, uh, of Israel divided as an inheritance by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end of dividing the country. So, you know, it is possible there, just going back to the Joshua apportionment that he had previously um, asked for the land, but uh, I don't know. I look at it and I'm not so sure. It looks like uh, verse 49 says, when they had made an end of dividing the land, at that point, Joshua asks for a particular area. So anyway, um, there you have it. We will uh, continue on next time in Joshua chapter 20. God bless you.